I got him! Great kid! Don't get cocky! Nerd, please remain seated. It would seem that we have stumbled into a galactic civil war during our 103rd voyage. Evasive Manuver have been engaged. While I continue to save your ass and mine please listen to this sweet rockabilly track and this movie review. Recalculating route to 2020 destination. Launching review in 3, 2, 1. Hey, this is Chris. Hey, this is Damon. And this is The Amazing Nerd Show. So, surprise! <laughs> we didn't think we were going to record this week, mm -hmm. since, you know, the holidays and everything. But after we both saw Rise of Skywalker, we thought we'd throw everyone a bonus episode. Absolutely. And we are talking so much about it back and forth <laughs> that we said, why the fuck don't we would just turn on the mics and record a quick episode? So, this is a little, you know, after Christmas surprise you know, it'll be a micro episode, but hey, what the fuck? It's yes. Star Wars. Giving so. you all the bonuses. <laughs> uh, Christian, how was your Christmas? Uh, my Christmas went well. You know, I got a lot of shirts, got a lot of new gear. Um, I'm I'm ready for the new year, really. Yes, I got the flu for Christmas. I've awesome. been sick for the past week. It's been great. It's been, I, you know, we live in the Chicagoland area, and for some reason, it's like 60 degrees. Mm -hmm. So it makes no sense. So everyone is just getting sick left and right. Which means it's going to be hell in April. We had, well, and we had a fucking <laughs> blizzard on Halloween. Uh -huh. But of course, you know, typical Chicago fashion, it's going to be 60 on Christmas. So, I mean, whatever. It is what it is. Some people liked it. It took me completely out of the Christmas mood. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, for me, like Christmas now is just about my daughter and, you know, buying her everything she wants and hope <laughs> that she actually, you know, processes, you know, the million gifts that she gets this year was successful, I guess, you know, my living room looked like a fucking bomb went off at a Toys R Us. <laughs> it was insane. Um, I'm in LOL hell. Do you know what LOLs are? I, I've because of where I work, but yes. Okay. Well, with the, <laughs> any parents out there and they have like little grocery boys, I guess, technically they, uh, LOLs are like the biggest thing going right now. They're like mystery balls with these little like cutie like dolls in them with different it's a fucking nightmare. It's a but glitter nightmare. <laughs> if it, it's expanded to every type of toy though now. Yeah. Uh, like, there's like art like sets with it and everything. I was like, wow. Oh no, it's like, oh, it's it's a I mean, they're making see I think it was the most popular toy last year for Christmas. I'm sure it's going to be the most popular toy this year. Um she uh recently she started saving up for the LOL mansion. So oh. she's been saving for the last, like, five weeks. For a five-year-old to save any, like, she gets an allowance for doing chores mm. and stuff. For a five-year-old to save anything, you know, weekly is a big deal. To delay, like, gratification like that. So we were really impressed. So we're like, you know what? Let's just get her the house and everything like that. And she could take the money that she saved and put it towards something else. You know, kind of reward her yeah. early for, you know, from Santa, of course. Um so, like, we got her the fucking house and everything, which was a nightmare on itself because it was sold out, of course, everywhere. <laughs> um, and, like, she rips the things open, and literally the first thing she says is, I don't have to save my money anymore! <laughs> <laughs> so, not necessarily the reaction that we wanted, but then she said, oh, wait, I can save my money for the other house. Oh. Because there's another <laughs> house that's bigger. So we're going to have to actually move out and get a bigger house just for all these fucking uh -huh. toys, you know. So, yeah, no, it's like like I said, it's been a glitter and fucking glam nightmare 
here. So yeah, so that's my Christmas pretty much in a nutshell. You know, that's Christmas with a child, but I wouldn't trade for anything. So, but before we go ahead and we're going to do a whole spoiler review for The Rise of Skywalker, uh, make sure you go ahead, subscribe, rate and review on your favorite podcast platform, especially Apple Podcasts, of course. Um, and before we get into it, once again, spoiler review. So <laughs> make sure if you haven't seen the movie, honestly, if you haven't seen the movie at this point, you just don't care because it's been a week, right? Yeah. So, But anyway, <laughs> spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Um, but, you know, before we get into it, Here's a word from our sponsors. Support for the amazing nerd show comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. That's right. Jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. So this past birthday, my wife picked me up the Manscaped 2.0. You get to be middle-aged, you start looking like a Wookiee down there. Let me tell you, it changed our lives, Christian. Well, that's why this revolutionary company, Manscaped, has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary advanced skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. The lawnmower 2.0 comes inside the perfect package 2.0, which makes for the perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut-free, and smelly nice down there. And don't use the same trimmer on your face that you use on your balls. That's just gross. The Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0 also includes a crop preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant, and a moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why not put deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And yes, fellas, your balls do stink. Hey, speaking of sweaty and stinky balls... I'm thankful for the Crop Reviver. This product, along with the Crop Preserver, keep your balls from sweating, smelling, and sticking. And these products smell good. Their manly scent is attractive and will help set the mood, if you know what I mean. The perfect package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxer briefs that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those used pair of boxers to Manscaped's high-performance anti-chafing boxer briefs. Tis the season of Manscaped, so get yourself, your dad, your brother, and your friends the best gift of all, the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. Right now, get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BIGHEADS at manscaped.com. And you can check that out on the link below. Your balls will thank you. That's right, fellas. Get 20% off and free shipping using the code BIGHEADS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code BIGHEADS. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. Ho, ho, ho. And now, our feature presentation. An instinct. A feeling. The force brought us together. We're not alone. Good people will fight if we lead them. People keep telling me they know me. No one does. I 
I waited. And now, you're coming together. Is your undoing. What, uh, what are you doing there, 3PO? Taking one last look, sir. My friends. All right, so once again, this is your last chance to turn away. Spoilers, this is going to be a no-holds-barred review. We're going to say it all. Yes, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Yes. If you have not seen the movie yet, turn off the podcast. <laughs> Come back after you see the movie. I swear um, to God, I don't want to see a single comment. You ruined the movie. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Honestly, though, if you're a hardcore Star Wars fan... Yes. You, you saw this night movie. One. I get not be able to see it like the first night, but mm. like you've seen it by now. So, but spoilers anyway, just in case. Yes. So people still get pissed off about Endgame spoilers, which is ridiculous. <laughs> yes. Like actors are getting like getting shit for like you know saying. I think someone during an interview, like a couple months ago, mentioned that Tony Stark is dead. Spoilers, people. Um, <laughs> and like their comments like blew up. Like, people, like, throwing a fit because they ruined, you know, the ending of Endgame. That's ridiculous. That's absolutely absurd. <laughs> Come on now. That's had your, that that's, ruined for me two days beforehand. Yeah, right. That's, I mean, literally, that's on you at that mm-hmm. point. So, all right. So, Christian, your thoughts on Star Wars, the rise of Skywalker, the yes. ending of a saga. <laughs> I really wish it had never been called that. I I agree. I agree 100%. I wish this had been just an episode in the series. This would have been, you know, a continuation saga. You know, this is the new era of Star Wars. That's that's kind of what I was going for with this trilogy in general. Was like, I want, you know, this is like the new piece for Star Wars. And this is where we're going. And this felt for me like it was a retreading of, you know, everything that they were trying to accomplish in the originals. Plus, because, I mean, of course, there's fan service across the board, mm-hmm. um, which means that we're going to see a lot of, like, you know, callbacks and stuff like that, but in a way where it's almost borderline too cheesy mm-hmm. um, at points. Uh, the, the film was done in such a breakneck pace that, you know, everything that you would expect there to be more weight on and stuff like that just totally dissipates. Um, you know, for me, like... There's points where, like, even Leia's death felt way too quick, mm-hmm. way too short. You know, there's not enough people getting to mourn it for a moment. Uh, and we'll get, as we go on, we'll get into more of, like, the arcs and stuff like that and what went wrong. But uh, for me, I definitely, this was not the end. This is not should not have been the end of an era or the end of the Skywalker saga. It shouldn't be called that, at least. No, I agree 100% because it feels like it mm-hmm. added too much pressure on the movie. Yes. I think maybe it added too much pressure on JJ in general to have to wrap up mm. a lot of like different plot lines. Um, so I agree 100%. All right. So I'm going to start off with some of the positives. Um, I love these characters. Um, I love the performances. I wanted to see more of these characters. You know, I, I still want to see more of these characters. Um, I think they have great chemistry on mm-hmm. on the screen. Um, I thought the cinematography was great. Um, there's some great fucking moments in the movie um, that I really enjoyed, and I like popped, you know, as a longtime Star Wars fan. Um, my problem with the film overall is 
it feels like they're trying to do too much with the amount of time they have, like the amount of screen mm. time that they have. They're trying to cram in and like resolve a bunch of different storylines with like, I think the movie was like, what, two and a half hours or two yes. hours and 20 minutes? Like, I honestly would have been fine if they added another like half hour. And I feel like fans now are conditioned to, you know, deal with like longer movies, mm-hmm. you know, especially the past like couple years, you know, with like Endgame and stuff like that. So I feel like it, they could have done that. I think people have been okay with that. Um, but it felt like to me, JJ was doing a sequel, like two sequels, you know, for Force Awakens. Like it was like two movies in one almost. Um, it, it, you know, and I understand he's handcuffed by the fact that, you know, it's a trilogy. So this is the third act, you know, you've got to, you know, stick your landing here. But it just, it just screamed to me how much of a lack of vision they had from the get go when starting this trilogy you know it felt like jj and kathleen kennedy you know that's who's really homing the ship here um had an idea where they wanted to go Mm -hmm. with the first movie and then all of a sudden they did like about phase when ryan johnson came in and you know he must have sold them on a lot of different things where they kind of like you know you can kind of see you can track like what story elements of JJ's he kind of just kind of threw to the curb, um, good or bad, you know, um, you know, because for the most part, I did enjoy, you know, The Last Jedi. Um, I, I definitely had my issues with it. But overall, you know, I understood what he was trying to do here. It felt like they like try to do a complete 180 and change a lot of storylines and like kind of like backtrack a lot. Um and it just didn't work. Mm-hmm. And I, for me, like, I put a lot of the blame. And yeah, it's JJ's movie, but I put a lot of blame on Kathleen Kennedy here. You know, because if you're going to start off one of these trilogies, and it's a true trilogy, you've got to have a vision. You have to see the finish line. You have to know where this movie is going to end, like where this trilogy is going to end. And it doesn't seem like they had an idea of what was going to happen in this third movie because it felt very forced at times, Mm -hmm. you know, very contrived, you know, things with, you know, the emperor and everything just didn't work for me. Um, You know, everything was, like you said, at this like, you know, breakneck pace um, where scenes weren't allowed to breathe. You know, a lot of concepts that they had up there were cool. A lot of like, like little moments worked for me. But overall, the, the movie as a whole just, it didn't stick that landing that I was hoping for. So, and I don't know if it's just the pressure of having to stick the landing, saying, mm. oh, this is the, you know, end of the saga and everything, which I'm going to call BS on. You know, I feel like it's wide open for another set of trilogies following Ray in the next, you know, you know, maybe five, 10 years when they decide to. I feel like this generation of kids out there, you know, they're going to look upon these trilogies, you know, fondly, you know, and I get it, you know, and I I enjoy them to a certain extent too. And they're going to be clamoring for, you know, the next set of stories. And there's no way Disney's not going to give it to them. No. So, I mean, that's that's my, you know, issue with it. Like, you didn't really have to sit there and handcuff yourself. You know, by saying, oh, this is the end of a saga. And I don't know if that's just, like, pressure from, like, you know, the flop of, you know, the critical flop of, like, Last Jedi. Um, I do feel like they set up a bunch of, like, you know, subplots and, like, you know, 
smaller stories that they can be told, you mm-hmm. know, in other mediums or even on film for that matter. Um, you know, like what they did with, you know, the whole like Jana storyline and Finn's storyline, you know, setting up these characters to be force sensitive and everything like that. Like, and I enjoy, I like that aspect of it. I like that they're kind of opening up that can of worms. Um, you know, I, I enjoyed like kind of seeing some of Poe's backstory. I was okay with that. Like, I want to know more about his relationship with Zori Bliss and what happened there and his time as, you know, a spice smuggler. And even though I'm not a huge fan of, you know, them basically, it seems like they're trying to make, no, he's Han Solo. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, I'm curious to see that because I like that character and I want to know more about his history and his past. And, and then everything that happened with the Sith. I want to know what the fuck this like dark church of the Sith is and like what the hell's going on there and how the hell did we get to where like he's, I mean, the emperor basically has a whole fucking army (laughs) at his command, you know, at the end of this movie. Like how the hell did he keep that in? I know it's a big galaxy, but Jesus Christ, like how this storyline all came into like fruition, like, you know, how, you know, these story points came to be, um, but yeah, there was a lot left to to be desired here, you know, and it, it was it was disappointing. You know, I came out of the film feeling satisfied, strangely, but like it was one of those things once I like let it like marinate, the more and more I thought about it, because it was so much movie to absorb, I was like, wait a second, you know, you know, when I started connecting the dots, it just didn't make sense. There's so many mo- moments that just felt like unearned mm-hmm. um, that really just stuck with me, like, you know, and kind of took away from the experience in the long run. So, um, yeah, it, I was I was pretty disappointed in the long run. No, I wish I had had a similar feeling, at least because like with The Last Jedi, when I came out of that, while I, you know, I felt very similar. I felt satisfied, but there was storyline elements that I knew I didn't like. That were dragging me back from saying, oh, this is a fantastic film mm-hmm. at the time. So when I left this, I was, you know, that la- I feel like the last 30 minutes of the film in general for me, just, I was frustrated mm-hmm. at that point. And I just didn't want to even talk to anyone about it. Because <laughs> my girlfriend, of course, is going to start asking me questions as soon as we get out of the film. Did uh, she like it? She liked it to a point. She doesn't. There's a lot of Because she's much more of a casual fan, right? Yes. Okay. Mm. Which is fair, you know? And, like, for me, like, once again, I get, like, pure joy just seeing these characters and, like, you know, like, seeing lightsaber battles and everything like that. There's As a Star Wars fan, I just, I, I love seeing that on mm-hmm. the big screen. And, like I said, like, cinematography-wise, I love this movie. But then, you know, as, like, more of a hardcore fan, that's when I start to pick things apart and start getting annoyed. So, I mean, like, I, like I, I've been talking over Christmas because it was a big topic you know, of discussion with a lot of people, um, you know, my family, um, you know, and they all had different takes, mm-hmm. you know, the more casual fans seem to kind of enjoy it more and get more out of it, where like some of my like, you know, cousins and, you know, my brother-in-law in particular, like they had more issues with it. So I, I, I it, you know, and they're hard, more hardcore fans. I hear you, but like even as a film on its own, mm-hmm. do you think this was a good movie? As a film on its own? Yes. Like, if you didn't consider it, like, part of this huge Star Wars no, fandom and Because the structure's all fucked up. Yeah. It's, it's, it, I mean, really, if you think about it, there's 
there's only two acts to this film, mm -hmm. you know, as a film on its own. Um, you know, and you're really leaving a lot to, you know, your viewer's imagination. Because you don't, they're not explaining jack shit no. in this film. You know, it's Ray, the force. Ray's running around healing things all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. And you're kind of like left like, you know, wait a second, why is this going on? And she doesn't, I think one of the big problems too, for me, they don't explain much of anything. You know, so like if I'm a casual fan, you know, at least I would think, you know, like me all of a sudden seeing Ray like heal things and, you know, like there's not much of an explanation, you know, and I feel like they did such a disservice to Ray as a character. You know, none of these scenes are allowed to breathe at all. You know, that's my big problem with this is like we don't get to like, you know, stay with the moment like we're on to the next scene mm -hmm. so i understand that that's the structure of the film you know um but like with this movie like jj like abused that i felt like mm -hmm. um it was just too much of that you know it was it was there was no time to breathe and to absorb what you're seeing so it just becomes like you know um just moments for moments sake you know like you know scenes just happening with there was no connective like tissue in between exactly me. like they kind of they kind of play this storyline similar to luke's where luke is kind of like he he isn't fully trained yet during uh, episode five and you know he's he's dancing with the dark side and even in um episode six he still gets to a point where he's using anger while he's fighting and stuff like that. And you see that there's the potential to turn. They do the same thing with Rey, where yes. they show, you know, she has, there's a dark lineage in there. There's something, you know, pulling her towards the darkness and stuff. And I feel like you would be more endeared to this character if you saw her struggle with that a little bit more and you saw her persevere out of the darkness to actually confront the big bad in the end in general where like maybe she's like i mean she kind of does lose control in one of the battles you know where all of a sudden like force lightning starts shooting out yes but like for me i do feel like that was too on the nose though where i think they should have just subtly hit into that or kind of like you know showed that you know that emotion or that struggle throughout the film like maybe like while she's doing her training like mm -hmm. they do a little training montage scene um like maybe you know she has a moment like luke does when he's training you know maybe take that moment from like the death star and put it in the very beginning of the film so you understand that you know she's struggling with these powers you know from the get-go like when she heals you know the weird worm thing underground like have that be a bigger moment where she's actually like scared of her own powers that she has this capability like she doesn't understand what she's doing you know and you know she's more tempted like maybe in like battle she's more heated and like there's a little more rage there um i didn't feel like they got that point across mm -hmm. enough so it once again it felt unearned when they got there how did you feel about the reveal of you know, Ray being the Emperor's granddaughter. I didn't, you know me, I was very okay with the fact that, you know, Ryan Johnson said, hey, she doesn't have anyone that's important in her life. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I was like, okay, it makes 
it, it makes sense, I guess. Mm-hmm. Palpatine is the type of guy to have a random child in the universe. Yeah. Um, I didn't have a problem with it. Um, I think it was more just... It's more the ending where she decides to not accept who she is and, and take someone else's name, I mm-hmm. guess, in general. Oh, you have a problem with that? Yes. Like, See, I don't, I don't mind that she, like, overcame... Like her Sith lineage, mm-hmm. like I'm okay with that. You know, I feel like that's kind of like the hero storyline. That's fine with it. Um, I'm fine with that. But like at the same time, it did feel a little forced to me, like to have her be the Emperor's granddaughter. And it's like, okay, we're we, <laughs> you know, what was the deal with your son? Like, did he also have? Powers? I'm sure we're gonna get a whole like uh-huh. you know other story, maybe in books or something like that about the Emperor's son and his story and everything like that. Or, like, in between quills or something crazy. But, well, like, yeah. I, I, like I, I, I'm like I, happy that he explains her power set. Like, why she's so powerful. Because that's something that a lot mm-hmm. of people shit on right from the get-go, you know, in Force Awakens. is like, well, how is she doing all this stuff? She seems much, pow- much more powerful than Luke was, you know, in the beginning. Um, but at the same time, you know, it did feel a little contrived, you know? No, yeah, absolutely. Like her excuse for like griping onto the uh, darkness more where she finds out that her parents were killed by Palpatine mm-hmm. in the end, you know, it that all felt like, especially since it was happening so quickly again, you mm-hmm. know, it all just felt very forced. It was just like, I, I don't believe that she's going to be this, this way so quickly or her running to hide, you know, after she kills Kylo um you know to luke's the planet that luke was hiding on you know um and then they have you know that moment between her and you know force ghost luke it kind of felt a little like in your face ryan johnson you know (laughs) just you know after you know he had luke just you know toss the Mm -hmm. lightsaber over his shoulder but on i also at the same time i get it like it's showing that luke accepts his you know jedi legacy and everything and fine but like the scene just felt really cheesy. And Even the portrayal at that moment felt more like it felt more like Yo- what Yoda would be doing in that scene rather than how I imagine Luke handling yeah. it. I didn't like the dialogue really. Mm-hmm. Um, even like Luke like looked off to me. I was I mean, I'm nitpicking here, but like his hair was driving me nuts. <laughs> it felt too long. I was like, is his hair still growing as a force ghost? What the hell's going on? Like, I just, I don't. I didn't notice I, that. I don't know. I'm a stickler for hair, I guess. I was just going to say. It looked it like felt, a bad wig to me. So, but whatever. Okay. It felt <laughs> Sunday school specially at that moment. Yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> I, I, yes, absolutely. It felt like after school special, if you will. I, yes. Uh, but, you know, it, it just, it felt like maybe if we had, you know, two movies to tell mm-hmm. this story, the story that they tried to tell in one, it would have worked more. But then it wouldn't have been a trilogy. The problem is, once again, I feel like is the fact that this story wasn't mapped out from the get-go. You know, they didn't, like, figure out, okay, this is our first act, this is our second act, and this is our third act. They were trying to do the second mm-hmm. act and the third act in the third act, you know? And that's, it's just bad storytelling. And it caused a lot of problems. It's And it's a problem that was caused, I think, across the entire board of Disney, where it goes from Bob Iger saying, you know, this is, we're going to take a break. You know, we're not going to do anything for a little while. 
you know, after after all the backlash from Solo, Solo, and everything, and yeah, and Last, and Jedi, Last Jedi, of course, yeah, you know, them trying to pretty much fix everything that Ryan Johnson did. It's just it's a combination of every every moving piece in Disney, which makes me very terrified of what the future will be mm-hmm. in and, general. You know, so also like the characters' arcs. Um, you know, not to nitpick again, but like Poe felt like he went through a very like distinctive arc in Last Jedi, you know, of becoming a leader and understanding, like seeing the bigger picture. Um, here, you know, he's in the final battle and everything like that. And he basically like gives up, you know, like, like everything looks dark. It looks like they're defeated, everything like that. And he starts having this like, inner dialogue out loud you know to everyone you know that this is it we can't overcome this blah 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 and then luckily the fleet shows up you know to save his ass and everyone else Mm. it was like that like the fleet showing up and everything like that from around the galaxy i thought that was a cool moment but my problem was with poe like him like giving up and getting down on himself again i'd much rather have him have that like big moment of like all right, things are dark. We're going in. This is probably it, but fuck it. Let's do this, you know, and just run headfirst into fucking battle. You know, it'd be very much like a Luke scene, what we get like at the end of Last Jedi where he's standing up to the entire fucking army, mm-hmm. you know, of the First Order. Or, you know, like what we've seen in other hero moments. Like Captain America at the end of Endgame. Yes, you know, it's exactly. That would have been his standing there on your left moment. There's the ships. You, you know, know, it's just... I'm fine with characters to continue to learn everything like mm-hmm. that, but I felt like it was a disservice to Poe, you know, because I really do enjoy that character. But it just felt like at this point he should have learned more, you mm-hmm. know, especially after the fucking painstaking, you know, lessons that he went through during Last Jedi. I mean, and they even give him an opportunity to leave. And mm-hmm. he still tries to, he's going to stay and have his hero moment, and he kind of just didn't get it. Yeah, he shits the bed, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> and then what do you think about Rose's character? I know you weren't a big fan of Rose in The Last Jedi. She had a poor story arc in The Last Jedi, but mm-hmm. it's like, hey, we listened to the fans and got rid of her in this film. They Jar Jar Bingster. Exactly. It felt like, you know, I, I say that as like Jar Jar seemed like he was like on track to be a core character for the prequels. But then after the backlash, after Phantom Menace, they dialed it way back. And that's hey, what they felt like they he did He still with is Rose. the problem with the prequels. Like he, <laughs> well, he, he created everything. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. And you saw, you saw the fan theories too that like Jar Jar was like secretly a Sith. And uh-huh. just Jar Jar is. Darth Plagueis. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that would have been fantastic, though. Um, but, yeah, no. Yeah, I felt like they did a huge disservice mm-hmm. also to the Rose character, you know, where she was there and she's kind of in the background, you know, but it wasn't a case of less is more. Now, I'm hearing that her character had much more of an arc and those scenes got left on the cutting room floor. Um, but I'm hearing that a lot about a lot of different, like, story points mm-hmm. there that they like cut a lot from this film so maybe the runtime was actually quite bigger at one point but they felt like no we need to hit this you know time stamp and that's it um which is unfortunate you know and you know i'm sure we'll see that in deleted scenes or you know special editions later on um but that's not the way i want to watch the movie (laughs) you know like i like i said i'll argue that like if this movie had a half hour more 
it might have been a better movie. You know, yeah. if these scenes were allowed to breathe a little and these characters, you know, got their just due, that overall maybe he would have stuck the landing. Um, but I think both of our biggest issues is with Kylo Ren. Yes, I was about to say, what did you think of Kylo Ren's arc? Right. Um, I felt like, you know, and I've been throwing the word unearned a lot, but his turn just felt abrupt and out of nowhere. I didn't understand the moment. Um, you know, Leia reaches out to him while he's battling Rey. Um, and, you know, he dies at the same moment that she dies. And for some reason, you know, him being healed throws like gives him some kind of clarity and you know his mom passing and he has this weird moment with a memory of his father i guess you know which i didn't mind the scene but i was like at first i was like is this a forced ghost of harrison Ford? because i feel like that's not that shouldn't be oh yeah then i'd have some possible yes i was like wait a second i thought it was well executed at least the moment the moment was fine it was a touching moment but my problem was is like leading up to that i didn't see enough conflict in kylo and i know we had moments in the other movies with Mm -hmm. kylo where it felt like okay he's kind of teetering back and forth and he's struggling with this role but before that the first what i I don't know when the battle took place but like the first like 45 minutes of the film hour of the film this is badass straight up evil kylo ren slaughtering a village of people that's literally how the movie fucking opens him like slaughtering a village of people he's got the knights of ren with him now he's got his fucking helmet back you know, he, he's having a meeting on the Star Destroyer, you know, with all his generals and everything like that. He fucking not only, like, force chokes one of them, he, like, throws them to the scene, which I actually enjoyed. Um, but, you know, and he talks about betraying the Emperor. Like, we'll see what we're, you know, not because he's, you know, feeling any kind of sense of, you know, nobility or anything like that. Because, you know, he wants all the power to himself. Mm-hmm. You know, this is power madden Kylo Ren, you know. And then all of a sudden he has this battle with Rey. His mom says his fucking name from across the galaxy. He gets stabbed and, you know, voila, we get Ben Solo back. It just, for me, it didn't work. You know, it felt very, like, contrived and like, okay. And then for the rest of the movie, he's running around in street clothes. I mean, Uh at at least let him keep the fucking cool ass, you know, outfit on, you know, the uniform and everything. Like, I don't need to see him, like, in his, like, you know, dress shirt, his undershirt, you know, running around, fighting the Knights of Ren and shit. Um, it, it just, it, it just didn't work for me. I'd much rather have him have, like, more of a Vader moment. I know people will say, well, that's too similar to, you know, the other trilogy. That's what these movies fucking do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'd much rather have him be conflicted and then at the end betray the Emperor, you know, like Vader did. I would have been fine with that, you know, because I I just, I feel like everything he's done is just completely unredeemable. You know, like, I wouldn't want to see Darth Vader running around as Anakin at the end of Return of the Jedi, you know, and fighting people. You know, and, and, you know, saving the day in battle. So, I mean, this is a guy who slaughtered millions and millions of people. So, I, I just, I didn't get it. You know what made that work more for me, though, in general? Mm-hmm. Is if that non-holocron was actually just a Sith holocron. And it was influencing him to be darker mm-hmm. and stuff. And then you have this moment of clarity when Leia's reaching out to him. Okay. Yeah, I could then see that. Then it breaks him a little bit more. But I don't See, know. for me, his redemption ended with Last Jedi. 
And I think that was maybe one of the problems that JJ ran into, mm-hmm. you know, where it just felt like it was choppy storytelling. Because after he has that moment of taking out Snook and everything like that, and he has that moment of where he could possibly, you know, turn a new leaf, um, he says no. And then he faces Luke and he's just a fucking drooling madman, you know, where he's trying to like destroy Luke mm. at all costs. It was like that was it, you know, that redemption is gone at that point. So I, I just, I didn't buy it, you know. I could understand, like, having, like, a one moment of clarity, but I didn't need, like, it to be, like, the whole final act of the movie, you know. Um, you know, and then speaking of the final act, how did you feel about the Emperor's, like, power set, you know, during that whole... Because <laughs> it's another thing that sticks in my crawl. Well, I, I, I think I just didn't like that he created Snoke the way he did. I didn't like... Uh, that his like ability to suck the life force from them. That's my like. I didn't mind the whole <laughs> puppeting Snoke thing because I felt it was like okay, that makes sense. He's pulling the strings until he gets stronger. Yeah, I feel I like it. it's going to be a great book, you know, <laughs> at some point, you know. Um, and I that's what they lead you to believe is like because there's like Snoke's like in a vat, like there's two, like mm-hmm. it seems like clones, um, but. At the same time, like, he's using the the Sith lightning to, like, take out all of the ships. He's literally sucking the life force out of Rey, you know, and Kylo. And I'm like, why wouldn't he just be doing this all the time? Like, why isn't this a thing? Like, and he does that to regain, like, full form. So it's like, well, you could have, when you were in full form, you could have been doing this left and right. Like, what was stopping you? It just felt very like I don't know. I mean, you could say that he's been hiding out on Exegol, you know, just training power. Train. <laughs> I mean, there are stories where he sent out uh, members of the Empire to pretty much collect the, all the holocrons, all the you know information out there from the Sith, mm-hmm. and bring it to him. One of my big things, and this is a nitpick, was why was it Exegol and not Korriban? which is the home world of the Sith. Like, why wasn't he just there? Which is an established thing throughout Star Wars. That would make more sense. And do you feel like that's just a case of someone not doing their homework? Uh Uh-huh. Which is weird. (laughs) Like, oh, we have this mystical Sith land that you have to teleport through, pretty much. But if you're doing all this fan service, then why not just throw everyone that bone? And it would make so much more sense. So... I just, I, it felt like these powers just were so conveniently mm. there and it just wasn't needed. You know, I, I would much rather have him like whip out a fucking lightsaber or I think you mentioned like, you know, just have like, oh, this was just the puppet me and like have a clone version of himself fully formed and, you know, actually get, give us a lightsaber battle. Yeah. You know, we've seen the fucking emperor wield the lightsaber mm-hmm. before. So he can wield too. He's yes. a dual wielder. Yes. So <laughs> let's get that moment. Um, that would have been a great fight. Yeah, um, the Knights of Ren feel wasted. You Absolutely, know? and we were both excited for the Knights of Ren. <laughs> they overhyped the Knights of Ren, which we kind of figured they were. They were just kind of glorified henchmen, mm-hmm. really. Um, so, and it felt like Hilo just ripped right through them. Um, it it would have felt a little more of a battle, I think, if the Knights of Ren like just at that scene you know when kylo finally faces off the emperor you know we got kind of like a throne room scene that we did with like last jedi where they have to battle through the knights of ren and have them be more formidable 
Hmm. So um, I mean, even if it, I mean, even if it started to get to like a video game point where they had to beat the Knights of Ren, then fight Palpatine. That's fine. I, I would have loved it. That's fine. I would have been behind <laughs> it. <laughs> I did like the battle on the, you know, Star Destroyer. I did not. I will say that <laughs> I thought visually looked awesome. I enjoyed like the Sith troopers and everything, but I wanted to see more. You know, um, I wanted to know more, like. Once again, how did the Emperor just pull this fucking army out of his ass? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Where have they been? Um, but, you know, whatever. I thought that, you know, I thought the designs all looked great. The mm. costume designs and everything. I want all the toys, of course. Um, I feel like all these stories are going to be kind of left to other artists, though. Mm-hmm. You know, to tell, like, how we got here. You know, especially with the Sith. Um, you know, like, tell me more about this whole, like, you know, like, it seemed like a whole, like, church of, like, Sith worshippers that they were, like, having this battle in front of. Like, who the hell are all these people? people yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, like, at a certain point, it was like, are these just more clones of him? They're, like, weaker? Like, what What are these people? Because they don't show any of their faces no, no. or anything like that. That was very video gameish, where they're just mm-hmm. kind of, like, silhouettes and everything, getting destroyed. Like Mortal Kombat in the background. Yes, yes. Um, but, yeah, you know, and tell me, like, tell me about this fucking, you know, galactic fucking army that you've built in the over the last, like, 25 years, and how the First Order had no clue mm-hmm. this was going on. Um, so we, we talked about, you know, her ability to heal a lot, Death just in this film just felt so weightless mm-hmm. in general. Um, from Leia's death to Chewie's fake out. I mean, that was, for me, when she did the Sith Lightning, was such a shocking moment. I actually gasped. That was like one of my first like big moments in the film for me. Because I was like, is that Chewie's death? Mm-hmm. And how much is that going? Like, Because that really, I felt the weight of that. And then yeah. two minutes later, they show him on the ship and he's okay. Yeah, for me, I would. I think I was more relieved with the reveal that he was okay because I was angry. I was like, "That can't be fucking true <laughs> stuff." So um, I had a different reaction where I was going to be outraged if that's how they fucking killed off Chewbacca. Like, oh, it was an accident, you know, just to show like Ray's powers. I would have been disappointed. Um, my one issue with like kind of these fake out, you know, mm. moments. Um, that I felt like kind of killed the moment was with C-3PO where he like, yes, you know, he, they do this like almost like three to five minute, like scene with him talking about like, Oh, to retrieve, you know, this ancient Sith language from my system, you're going to have to do a mind wipe, you know, some kind of contrived storyline bullshit, whatever. But it was like, it was an actual like heavy moment mm-hmm. and, you know, something that they teased in the trailer. So I was kind of ready for and everything like that. And, you know, I thought it was a nice moment. But then all of a sudden, you know, they, at the end of the movie, towards the end of the movie, you know, R2 goes ahead and just like that downloads his memories and he's back online like nothing fucking happened. Exactly. I was like, okay, well, like, once again, I go back to that urn. That moment's not earned anymore. Like, it, it doesn't carry the same weight anymore. With the latest stuff, I think I was a little more forgiving with it because I knew, like, how crazy the task is to like have to shoehorn her into Mm -hmm. this movie to give her these moments where i almost wish they didn't do it um because it just for me i couldn't like take my eye off the fact that she wasn't really there like it never was sold to me like she was there because Mm -hmm. i could kind of see 
for the lack of a better term, like I, I could kind of see the strings where you could tell like how she was kind of like put into the scene or like, okay, well this, this, the, the moments never really felt like they're happening. Yeah. Um, and they did the best job they could possibly do with that moment, but I almost wish that they didn't even bother and just like kind of open it up with like, you know, like Leo's funeral scene or something like that. And like maybe do a brief little flashback with, you know, Ray training and everything. But, like, you know, keep Leia kind of in the dark. Maybe just have, like, a voiceover or something like that to make it work. Um, but, yeah, otherwise, you know, I didn't feel like, you know, besides the Kylo Ren moment, you know, which I didn't feel like it was necessarily needed, um, it just didn't make any sense to me. No, I agree. And if you pay attention, you can totally see exactly how they used each moment, each, even if it was a deleted scene. And sometimes it felt like they took direct scenes from the films as well mm. and just use those lines and just kind of cg'd around her and it didn't it just felt unnatural at points um so i totally agree with that but i think my main issue was because the movie's moving so fast when we got time to actually mourn her death it, it felt like it was a two-minute scene and we moved on i did though when chewie lost it that did like mm-hmm. get to me a little i'm not gonna lie um, I did enjoy that moment, but like he was the only one that yeah. had that major reaction. So, but yeah, when Chewie lost, I was like, oh my God, no. <laughs> but that was really the only moment that really like resonated with me with her loss. Um, but maybe it's because I've been mourning Princess Leia since, you know, for mm-hmm. the last two years. Um, so I, I think honestly fucking uh, Rogue One's moment like had a bigger effect on me um cinematically you know the moment where they show mm-hmm. the younger version even though it's cgi and whatever you know of her you know it gives us hope or whatever i'm paraphrasing the line now like that had more of an effect on me than you know anything that was in this film so it just felt like fan service for the sake of fan service and i don't like the term fan service so much but this is definitely no. a case of fan service because so much of our genres and th- that we enjoy and love they're all fan service and you know there's nothing wrong with fan service when it makes sense with the story you know comic books which you know have the shows about it's all fucking fan service you know as long as the story dictates it though and it makes sense i'm fine with it but this just you know it was too much yes it was too much so i know it sucks because so much of the movie you know, I think in the original vision, you know, predicated on Leia being there. So it's just a really shitty circumstance mm-hmm. for them to be in. But I felt like there was better ways to go about it. What did you think of, uh, this is out of nowhere, but what do you think of uh, General Pride? I liked him a lot. I kind of wanted to see a little bit more struggle between him and Hux throughout, like, the movie. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we got what we got. Yeah. Um, I did. I appreciated his loyalty to the emperor, mm-hmm. especially like it would be interesting to see if like maybe he was part of the emperor's like line into the first order and stuff like that. I'd love to see if there's more backstory to that, and we'll probably get that. Yeah, it feels general. like there's a lot of backstory being mm-hmm. left out. You know, a lot of story to like really like explore with him. But I I dug the performance. I thought it was a great new character. Um, but you know. This is the last we'll see of him. <laughs> and I was like, where was he at during the last two movies? Mm-hmm. So, because um, he felt like he was higher ranking than Hux. And I don't know, maybe Kylo put him, you know, gave him more power or something. And that's why. Well, most likely. You yeah, know, I would guess. Like, we don't it know. it seemed like the chain of command was 
like Hux and then like Kylo. Mm. But then when Snoke, it, he kind of like played them against each other a lot. So maybe Kylo kind of like in your face and maybe that's what caused, you know, Hux's like betrayal was the fact that, you know, he maybe ranked pride over him now. So, but that's me doing a lot of, you know. Exactly. <laughs> You're doing the legwork yes, for them. a lot of that's legwork. That's what I, I keep having to do with each storyline yes, in this yes, film. Like, yes. I'm I'm putting the pieces there together. But I, I guarantee you there's a staff of writers already out there uh-huh. doing this legwork, trying to figure out these stories. There'll out. be comics. It's yeah. Oh, I'm sure. And I'm sure even in things like, you know, there's like probably some kind of like ultimate guide for, you know, the rise of Skywalker where these stories have actually been kind of fleshed out, but we just don't know of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because I'm sure they did little character bios and everything like that with like notes from JJ and... I just think we're at a point where these films should have, I don't know, a a solid through line, a solid, you know, story built. Yes. Each film. Yes. I think we've we've learned enough from the prequels, from the originals, to know how to make a Star Wars film today without it shitting on everything that they've wrote before. That's the problem. And that's, once again, there was never a clear vision. No. Um, to start off with, you know, or, you know, I would even say with The Force Awakens, maybe they did have a clear vision, but it feels like they kind of abandoned that, like with the sequel and they're kind of left, you know, backtracking and it just makes for messy storytelling. Mm. Um, well, I'm still convinced JJ wanted nothing to do with making this final film. Well, he did. He wasn't exactly. Yeah. He, they fired the person who was supposed to, I can't think of his name, who was originally going to helm this picture. And then they brought JJ back in to kind of try to recapture the magic from Force Awakens. Um, and it, it didn't work. You and know, he had a, it, an insane task in front of him because I'm sure he's dealing with the studio giving him notes. Okay, we don't want to keep this storyline. We want to get rid of this, you know. Let's change the tone, you know, mm-hmm. of this movie. So he's dealing with tons of studio notes, a story, a story that he wasn't really part of. You know, he did say he was a fan of some things that Ryan Johnson did, but I think the last couple interviews where he talked about Ryan Johnson's, you know, uh, movie was more telling. You know, it definitely seemed like he wasn't necessarily a fan of some choices that he made. Mm-hmm. So, and you could tell that on the screen with this movie. It's just unfortunate because it feels like Kathleen Kennedy and, you know, all the executives would have like an end game, pun intended, um, for this film, for the conclusion mm-hmm. of this trilogy. That should be where you start from. You're, you know, okay, where do we want to end up with this story? And then right from there, you know, it just, I don't get it. So it's just, just a mess story, story Mm. storytelling wise. I'm hoping that, you know, going forward, we get a round table and we just start planning, you know, planning what's the future of Star Wars. It should be like the first thing that like it should, usually they start off with the writer's room and that that's where they go from, you know. Yeah, I I hear you, but at the same time, that's not what they achieved here. It's like they fell in love with Ryan Johnson's vision and then they kind of like said, oh, no, this is great. Because you remember right after, like before the movie even came out, they're like, Ryan, you have a whole new set of trilogies. Exactly. They... We're going to give you the keys of the kingdom. <laughs> and then they saw the reactions, you know, the fan reactions, because critically the movie did great, mm-hmm. you know, um, but they saw the fan reactions and they're like, oh, wait a second. 
because <laughs> now we're like kind of like in this gray area even with like johnson's trilogies and we're not sure if they're happening um and obviously with this movie they kind of did an about face mm-hmm. so no they need to take risks going forward they need to give me something new because i don't know if i can if i'm i'm probably going to give it one more film and i don't know if i'm going oh, to like Christian, be in the theater day one I'll anymore I'll be in the theater they'll give me 20 fucking <laughs> <laughs> so cause I'll say this there's a lot of reviewers doing a lot of like clickbaiting I feel like just you know by like having headlines like this is the worst film of the you know nine movie saga I still strongly disagree I just had to fucking sit through the prequels with my daughter and my god, fucking Attack of the Clones and fucking Phantom Menace, those are barely watchable movies. I th- There's moments that I enjoy, but overall, as films, you know, and I still watch them. <laughs> I mean, they're not really enjoyable for me anymore, um, you know, because I enjoy a lot of the moments. And there, there was definitely some cringe moments in this movie. But nowhere as many as Attack of the Clones and Phantom Menace. There literally have to be a fucking Ewok, like, pod racing against a fucking prog to be <laughs> <laughs> to be worse than those fucking movies. I think I have to watch Phantom Menace again. Watch Phantom Menace. Because it, I'm, before I got here, I was debating. I was like, is this worse than Phantom Menace? For me. The only thing that saves, you know, Phantom Menace for me is the battle at the end of the movie with Darth Maul. That's the only thing that saves that movie for me. I mean, that pod racing scene is like 40 minutes long. It's ridiculous. It's like you're watching a different fucking like movie. Mm-hmm. Um, just bizarre. Bizarre choices. And the politics, I don't know what the hell's going on <laughs> in those movies. Like my daughter, who's loved every single one of these movies like fell asleep twice not once but twice during that movie we had to like okay well continues the next day um so i no but attack of clones is still worse than (laughs) overall which i actually forgot how much like how bad that movie Mm -hmm. was um it's just amazing to me like the the dialogue i'm not gonna go into the Let's not review the prequels. I just watched them. So that's why they're on the tip of my fucking brain. But no. The Rise of Skywalker. Christian, if you had to give this a grade. Um, right now it's at a C minus. Okay. Okay. I'm going to be a little more forgiving because I'm just a sucker. And even with the prequels, even though I just shit all over them, I... I left those movies still enjoying bits and pieces of them and still being excited for Star Wars. Um, and I feel the same way with this movie. Um, you know, not to this, that extent or that extreme, but, like, I enjoy these characters. I enjoy the chemistry the, the actors had on screen. And I enjoyed certain moments. But as a film overall, it just didn't work for me. Um, so I'm going to give it a C+. All right. Whatever you say. It just did not... It did not live up to what I expect a Star Wars film to be. I agree 100%. <laughs> <laughs> but 
God damn it, I'm a sucker for lightsabers. I can't fucking help it. And speaking of lightsabers, they fucked me over and didn't show the creation of her lightsaber. Yes, for first time listeners, Christian, <laughs> for two years now, yes. has been clamoring to see Ray design a new lightsaber for some strange reason. Uh, <laughs> so he was really just expecting to I'm pretty sure you hate the movie just because of this. <laughs> he was expecting this big moment of her like putting his her new lightsaber together. Now I will agree though the lightsaber that she did put together was a little disappointing because mm-hmm. I was really expecting to get this staff double-sided fucking lightsaber that just felt like they were teasing the entire time. Tell me when you saw her having two lightsabers at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. you weren't like this is going right into the staff. Right? Yes. I agree. Or I thought she was going to have Luke's lightsaber and fucking Leia's lightsaber together. Exactly. So it's like, oh, this is fucking perfect. And then, no, we get a yellow lightsaber, which is fine. Mm. You know, I I liked the lightsaber's design, I guess, from what we could see. But, and I, I didn't mind it being a different color. But at the same time, I was like, really? That's such a missed opportunity. I mean, the toy sells alone. Jesus Christ, JJ. Uh, but no, I, I it would how badass it would be. Because we're going to see more Ray at some mm. point somewhere. To see her with a fucking dual-sided lightsaber, man. Because yeah, it's yellow. It's a sentinel color. That'd be perfect in a staff. Oh, my God. Would have been fucking perfect. But Even yeah. if it was one-sided and it was still a staff, I would have been happy with it. All right. And so not to beat a dead horse. Um, but all right. The scene... Where Ray, you know, rises above everything, you know, to face the Emperor and she hears the voices of all the past Jedi. Did that work for you? Yes, but to a point where it's like I wanted them to be helping her. Almost kind of like, which you, you have no idea what I'm talking about. But there's a moment in Harry Potter where he has all of his like family members that who have died and stuff behind him pretty much helping him fight the final f- moment. Okay. So that's what I was hoping for. You know, she gets up, she puts her lightsaber in front of her and stops the Sith lightning. Okay. And, and, and she's just doing it on her own. Even though he said, you have all the Jedi and I have all the Sith. It's, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I get the metaphor they're going for. It was yes. fine and everything. Fine. But it just seems like it's Rey again, using whatever powers they decide she has the ability to use fighting the Emperor. I would have been okay with that if it would have been like a vision. Maybe like she's down unconscious, then she has a vision Mm. of all the past, you know, Jedi, you know, almost kind of like Black Panther. When Black Panther goes uh, to their like mystic like land of the dead, I can't think of the name of the the realm, but, you know, and she gets visited by like the past Jedi and gets to see them and everything like that. Because it just, once again, it feels like they're trying to do a big moment, but they're not like hitting a home run with it. You know, it just doesn't feel like it worked for me. Cause like I, I picked up Mace's voice obviously cause it's Samuel L. Jackson. So, and I picked up, you know, uh, Ewan McGregor's voice, um, and, you know, and Luke's and Yoda's obviously, but then like, I didn't hear Ahsoka. You know, I had to read an article to hear uh-huh. that Ahsoka was there. And then I guess Freddie Prince Jr. was there, you know, his Rebels character. Um, Hayden Christensen was in there, too. Um, I didn't capture all that. So I feel like that moment was, like, missed on me. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know. It just didn't resonate the way it really should have. Where, like you said, I think it's fucking cinema. It's a visual art form. So let me see 
the past Jedi's, goddammit. I mean, we have Force ghosts established in this, you know, world. So, I mean, even if it's a vision, fine. Then you don't even have to do Force ghosts. Just let me see something so I know what I'm seeing so the weight of the moment isn't lost on me. If I saw Christian Haynes in a Force ghost again in that scene, I would have walked out. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I, no. I don't like the, the special edition change where they put him in instead. Oh, but you're not going to have fucking the fat, crusty white guy yeah. show up. No. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. I agree with the special edition because that throws me for a loop because I've watched uh, that movie how many times before that edition. But no, I, I'm fine with it. But it doesn't have to be a force ghost. It could just be a vision. You mm-hmm. know, it, it, That's established in this world. So I don't know, man. Whatever. <laughs> All right. So let's just go ahead and wrap this up because i'm starting to <laughs> i'm starting to rant now <laughs> all right so that's going to do it for our special bonus episode let us know how you felt about the film this movie is definitely as divisive as last jedi you know at this point i feel mm. like it feels like the fans have flip-flopped though have you noticed that oh absolutely you know <laughs> where the critics are being harsher and now the fans are kind of defending it um, it almost feels like, you know, you can't talk about my family like that. It's like one of those moments. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, let us know how you feel about this film. Um, obviously, we have some mixed emotions, to say the least. And you know we're going to talk all next year. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway. Until there's another film, we'll be ranting and raving. Exactly. So, um, And, you know, once again, Jesus Christ, I, I felt a certain way about Last Jedi, and then I watched it a couple times, and... I felt completely different about the movie. So uh, hopefully that's the case here. (laughs) So, but uh, we'll be back next week uh, with our year in review. So our format will still be a little different, but you know, we're we're slowly getting back on track. Yeah, we'll be counting down all our favorites from last year, uh, movies, comics, wrestling. You know, the whole nine yards. Yeah, so. it works. The works. Uh, if you need more podcasts to listen to before then, head over to BigHeadMedia.com. There's plenty of great podcasts over there. Um, other than that, you can check out DramaCityProductions.com, another great network we're a part of. Plenty of great podcasts there as well. That's right. And don't forget to go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review on all your favorite podcast platforms. Five stars only, of course. Um, and then, hey, check us out on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Give us a follow. Um, we're your nerd hub for all the latest news. Yes. If you're enjoying the music you're hearing right now, that's DJ Greg Brebner. Uh, he is our house DJ. And then at the beginning of the show, you heard Them Guilty Aces, a great rockabilly band. All right. Don't forget to support the show. Pick up some nerd merch over at ProWrestlingTees.com and Tee Public. Yeah. That does it for this week. My name's Christian. And my name's Damon. That's the amazing nerd show. Merry Christmas and a happy new year. Happy new year. New course initiated. Hyperdrive launching. You're in luck, nerd. Returning to 2020 course directives.